Now I see now, two of her. Right now. now I see oh three God. boxes. Uh, now two boxes of ellipsis. But I did what? hear Sylvia. In but the we got actual you. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Cortez, the struggle <laughs> is real. All right. I took the AirPods out. Oh, AirPods. and while we had this edit point, Bob, uh, you're kind of hitting your table as you talk. You know what I mean? Okay. No, yeah, I didn't even know. Oh, I'm, hear, I'm hearing it a little I bit. Uh, that's okay. I'll stop. That's my job as a producer. I don't provide any content. See, I, I criticize I how everybody's doing something. <laughs> everybody's doing it. All right. So, how did we end it, Bob? What was your last? You were talking about the last thing we wrapped well, on. Well, it was. Well, I asked him. Yeah, I was asking him about how we started in the business, and so he was. How it, and I ended that story with I was sweeping the floor yes. in the lab. And however we start this, Sylvia, because I think in the in the product we. Um, uh oh, there's tons of feedback. There goes Ted. Ted's out. God Ted is damn out. it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, I need, I need. You know what? Joe Rogan flies his guests to his studio. This is bullshit. The hollow buddy. Well, hello and welcome to the Hollow Bunny Podcast. I'm Sylvia Moyer and... I'm Kristen Zeman, your co-host. And this is the Hollow Bunny Podcast. Kristen, what the heck is a Hollow Bunny? Well, Syl, it's a, a, a leadership podcast and basically it's a metaphor for people, leaders, who have perhaps a formal rank or title, but don't have any substance, mm. AKA an empty You've seat. You've met a few of those. Yeah. So who's our guest? Who's our guest today, Sil? Okay, so we're gonna take a moment. I'm gonna introduce our guest, Kristen Zeman doesn't know who our surprise guest is, but I am delighted. I'm going to, uh, to uh, describe this person for you. And then Kristen, you're going to guess who it is. It's a very incredibly prominent human being in leadership, does work across the globe. This surprise guest is a consultant in environmental compliance for industry. He is a leader in a quirky little group, a quirky little company with a huge footprint and huge implications across the globe. And I was talking with this surprise guest and I said, hey, surprise guest. So like, what is this leadership thing for you? And, and how do you hire people? And what's kind of your jam? And he said, you know what, Sylvia, I was in my car one day on the work, way to work. So I'm in my car on the way to work and I had a pit in my stomach. And I realized that I wanted to be a different kind of a leader. He actually hires people to work for him that love the work. He loves doing the work. He loves hiring happy people. Hold up. Hold up. Uh-huh. Hold up. Okay. Environment. Uh -huh. Wait. Is it is it Al Gore? Close. Is it is it Al Gore? Super it's close. Gore. Like environmental okay. compliance. Uh, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Oh, oh, is it okay? It's not Al well, Gore or see, Dolly, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton would have the environmental compliance would be all the hair products she uses, which I totally get. 
I totally get. Oh, and our yeah, that would be that would be a hollow bunny in environmental might, compliance. I'm not really sure. I don't want to judge because I love. I'm from the '80s. I love big, okay. big, big, big. So I love Dolly. It's okay. not Dolly, right. but you're pretty Launch close. It. Launch um, it. So this person's going to describe how this person hires people. Uh, he wants to. He develops. I just said the pronoun. He develops people. He wants. Uh, really happy people to work there. So who's our guest? What do you think? You still think Al Gore? I think it's Al okay, Gore. Okay, so it's yeah, not I think it's Al, Al Gore. Gore. It's Bob Pishek. And Bob is known to you as Southwest. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold oh. on. Oh. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> hold on. Everyone, everyone, hold on. I have so much. Let me hold on. Let me put Dolly Parton and my candle down. Okay, Bob, you exist. Listeners, to our thousands and thousands of listeners, I would like to tell you a little story about Bob, who I have never met. But my friend Sylvia told me that she met a dude on a plane. And this... Kristen, she threatened to kick my ass within about three minutes. I just want to throw that in there. Okay, and I think she could. So. Can I let me let, let me repeat the story back to you? So oh. she, so you guys are seatmates on a a, a, a flight to together, right? So the next thing I know, my my friend Sylvia is texting me that Bob is coming over, and I said, "No, ma'am, you are not bringing a man home that you just met on a flight." And then. <laughs> She sends a picture of yeah. Bob sitting at her counter in in where you live. I I don't know. I don't. Should I tell the world where you live? No, no. maybe I won't. But yeah, there you are, sitting at her counter. And let me tell you, Bob, her friends <laughs> thought you might be a serial killer. Well, she was reading me every text, Kristen. So um, <laughs> it's nice that she has such great friends. You're all very protective. Very so. protective. And then at one point when she was texting us, I thought maybe it wasn't actually <laughs> Sylvia. I thought maybe Bob, you, had taken over her phone and she was cut into a million pieces because that's how cops think. No, well, okay. no. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, I'm glad I don't think like that. No, we had a lovely time. It was an amazing <laughs> evening. Um, yeah. And Sylvia was in great hands. Not literally, okay. but, you know, Back metaphorically. Tell me everything before we get into your career. Tell me, uh, tell me exactly what happens on this flight that makes Sylvia bring you home with her. Well, you know, so we're seasoned travel vets, Sylvia and I. And uh, anytime you meet, you know, the A01 at Southwest, you know, you're dealing with a professional, right? I mean, come on. So I think I was A3 or something that day. I forget exactly Whoa. what it was. You're right? like A-list but, preferred. Okay. Yeah, we Whoa. both travel too much. It's too Whoa. much, Kristen. Yeah. Okay, that's right. a baller. So, that's so a baller. you get on the plane. The most important thing about an airplane is getting off quickly when you land, right? I just want off the airplane. So I see Sylvia, you know, she seems normal enough, I suppose, uh, in the line, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to board the plane. And then when she's on the plane, it was a no-brainer. I go, okay, I'm going to sit mm -hmm. in this row with Sylvia. And even if one chubby person gets <laughs> near us, we can still all three fit. In this particular space. So he's a yeah. basic predator. He was like being on the animal planet looking so, for the little gazelle so he can oh, predate on me. 
and take up more man space. No, no, no. I hear it, Bob. <laughs> I mean, here's the real story. No. Oh. We are both going to Chicago. We connect, <laughs> we start chatting. We have a great chat. We start talking about leadership. We start talking about what we're going to be doing in Chicago. He was going to visit family. I was going for a visit. We find out that we're on the same flight going back from Chicago to Phoenix. We do the whole recap. Come we on. did the whole recap of the weekend. And yeah. then I meet this dude. Oh, and I said, "This he's God. a legit leader. And he's a legit dude. He needs to be, screw Al, Al Gore, not screw Al Gore, but, you know, we don't need Al Gore here. We yeah, need Bob yeah. to talk about this oh whole my God. I gotta environmental compliance. And really, he has an interesting kind of feeling <laughs> for his, his bunny. So then we just connect. We talk. He's normal enough. I'm normal enough. And, you know, we just, we have become fast friends. And, you know, out of a lot of serendipity, right? It's serendipitous. One of the great things that came out of that flight oh my gosh. to Chicago, Kristen Seaman. Hmm. Bob, where is, where is home for you? Uh, born and raised in Chicago, actually. Um, oh, long story. What neighborhood? I spent most of my time in Payless Heights. Okay, so the Burbs. Okay, because I'm from Aurora. Yeah, the suburbs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're from Aurora. Okay, okay great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. very familiar. Um, I'm an adopted person. So what's happened over the course, you know, you live long enough, plenty of strange and interesting things happen. Um, the, the family I sort of grew up with either passed away or moved on, moved somewhere else. But recently I've reconnected with my biological family. Um, so when I met Sylvia, I, it was a work trip. There's a little bit of work involved, but it's really to go see, you know, my biological father and his partner and, my cousins. So it's just this amazing mm. thing that occurs now when I go back to Chicago. It's a whole new <laughs> Oh, I have a whole new me, vibe. You know. Okay. That's like a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. Like I want to keep you on show. for two hours. <laughs> yeah. That's a totally different yeah. show that I'm so into. So what are the odds? It, it is serendipitous. That's a great word that you guys are on the flight there and on the return flight. And so then you recap your weekend and then you just decide like, Hey, let's hang out. Like that's just how that goes. And I also, I have many questions. Uh, my other question is what was there usually was the, this was a three seat row. So what was the other individual like that was in your row? You know, I don't even remember Sylvia. Do you, I think what happened was um, it was a full flight. So eventually we let some gentleman, I think, sit on the window seat. I moved over to the middle seat because we need Sylvia in the aisle in case, you know, things go down. I'm not going to be the one kicking ass. It's going to be her. I'll be oh, yeah. rooting her on, you know? <laughs> My money is on her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think we just yeah. spoke. Yeah. We just sort of ignored that other dude and spoke the entire okay. time. Um, okay. You know her. So she's just incredibly fascinating and intelligent and thoughtful. And her career is amazing. The resume is amazing. So, yeah, I could have talked to her for, you know, a trip to, you know, uh, Australia. It was amazing. Bob, is this, this may be where I revealed to you that she is she just made all of that up. Like literally she's not even, that's not even her. <laughs> that, the, the house that you visited, not even hers. It was an Airbnb. Uh, she <laughs> was not, not in policing. In fact, I'm her probation officer. And so, yeah. So I hate to inform you that, uh, all a lie. Well, um, yeah, look, it was amazing. <laughs> and Kristen, it's nice to meet you too. We have a whole Zeman thing we have to explore at one point, but we'll get to that some other time, you know. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when Syl did mention that there's a, a relative of yours that has my surname or my married name. But yeah, okay, well, let's put that on ice. All right, well, so tell tell me what you do. What do you do for a living? Sorry. Oh, we wait, gotta, hold so, on, hold on. We hold lost, on. Sil- we lost Sylvia's mic. Popped in. We lost Sylvia's mic. Oh, okay, good. Ignore her, and Bob and I are just oh, going to talk. okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, well, well, until she comes back, I, w- I want to hear. So tell me what you do uh, as a career. So what I do now, I'm an environmental consultant. Uh, the company I work for, we do environmental compliance for industry. So we're not the people who set the standards. You know, we're not the EPA or we're not Maricopa County Air Quality. We're the group of people who helps our clients comply with the regulations, right? Um, so you're so kind of right- like the police. Well, in some respects, um, it's it's funny how that works, right? My billion-dollar clients, they all want to do the right thing. They have the resources. They allocate them. We just kind of fill data gaps. Uh, My smaller clients, my mom and pops, yeah, I'm more like the environmental police. Like I I have to, you know, get them into compliance, and it's uh, not so easy sometimes, you know? No kidding. So how did you get into that? Is that what you majored in and, you know, What's, no, what's your history? No. So the history is, you know, back, you know, I'm a thousand years old, like uh, some people. So back in the 90s, I was working construction. A friend of mine uh, had graduated from Purdue with a degree in chemical engineering. He moved out to live with me because in Chicago, there's just too many clouds and too many rainy days. Um, he came out to Arizona as a chemical engineer, got a job for a company called Geotechnical and Environmental Consultants, GEC. Um, and they had a very hard time filling sort of the field role position, a guy who would wake up at four in the morning, um, meet a drill rig or go soil sampling and just, you know, work outside all day long. I was an undegree professional at the time. Um, so it, it, it sounded like a great opportunity as opposed to like installing, you know, automatic doors or access flooring for computer computer rooms. So I took the opportunity and very quickly, Kristen, like it was the first career I've ever had. Like right away, I met this incredible group of engineers and geologists. They were great to me. They sort of encouraged me to go back to college. Um, Yeah. The first day on the job, they literally gave me a broom and said, you don't know anything. Go in the lab and sweep the floor. So it was perfect for me. (laughs) All right. So you know what, Bob, we were talking about how you got started in the business. I am fascinated with this leadership thing you do, these these two things. One, you want to create a space where people love the work that they do and love working in the space. And you told me that you hire happy people. And I said, wait, wait a minute, Bob, how do you judge happiness? Can you talk to us about that? Why is it important? And what the hell are you talking about? Well, it's so important. And I guess it all starts with, you know, my first day was with a broom in the lab, right? So um, when you start from such humble beginnings, I think it's really helpful. Um, Mm. The other thing that helps is that I work for such a small group of people, right? It's just, you know, 20 of us or something. Um, Very small. Um, I'm able to bring people into the building and to interview them to see what kind of a fit they'll be. I have sort of a right-hand woman, my office manager, and I have this other woman, Allison, whose opinion I trust 
um, completely. We just come together. We decided, you know, you know, um, I've only been doing this maybe three and a half years running the, uh, you know, being the general manager at the company. So there were things to learn. And, you know, like most people, some resumes are just really shiny and they look great. Sure. So you hire them, but it just wasn't working for us. We work so intimately yeah. together. So we quickly learned that, um, the fit was more important. I, I could teach anybody and I could train them and I could get them to understand. I asked them to give me two years and if they give me two years, I'm going to turn them in, into an amazing consultant, but like, I want to be happy going to work. And so does, you know, the right hand woman and left hand one. So we all want to be happy. We decided that that was very important. Um, we could take care of the rest. We're hiring degree professionals. They're smart people. We have a diverse, like a very diverse work group. So that works out for us. Um, yeah. So once we start, uh, once we kind of put our head around that as a focus, it's been really beneficial to the company. Okay. Hold on. Uh, this is mind blowing to me because I want to bottle this up. And so, you know, Syl and I are both graduates of the Naval Postgraduate School, the Center for Homeland Security and Defense. And several of uh, my classmates did uh, wrote their thesis on leadership. There was one in particular uh, that wrote uh, his thesis is called shoot the horse and build a better barn door. And it's, it, it, it's basically <laughs> super hold on, but it's about super forecasting, um, hi hiring. And, and so my colleague wrote about this is how do you, how do you hire the right people? So, so let me just read what you're telling me is that you, your philosophy is that you can teach all of the technical skills that people need. Obviously, they have to come in with your basic level skills. But so when you sit face to face and you interview, you're just like, you pick the person that has what the best demeanor, like that's just like, like it just tell me what that looks like. If I'm sitting across from you in an interview, you know, how does that look? I'm fascinated by this. Um, well, the first thing is I do so many things. So I do say 30 things. So if I hire you, you're going to be good at 10 of them, right? And you may excel at two. So you're going to be profitable for me. You're going to make me money. So I already know that you put the time in, you got through college, you, you found it into my conference room because your resume looked good enough. I know you'll be solid at at least 33% of things I do. You're going to excel at a couple. So I've kind of already figured that out. So once I know that, once I know you're going to be beneficial to the company, it's really just a fit. And um, rather than a one-on-one -on -one interview, um, and, and I don't know, I think I understand a little bit about, you know, the, the police force. I, I hate to think I would speak out of turn, but you sort of, people go through the academy and you get handed candidates and then you got to figure out how to do that. I'm so lucky. I'm so tiny that... I just get to sit in there, Kristen, and we sit and we talk and we ask them, you know, what do you like to do for fun? You know, I'm able oh. to have a conversation. I what love this. Happening? I love this. I love this. I also want to, I want to give that shout out to uh, my classmate, Ron Dorman. I never said his name. I titled his thesis. Okay. So you, I, I love this so much because this actually is relevant to policing because 
as a yep. chief, and I know Syl can attest to this, is give me individuals who have great attitudes, who are problem right. solvers, who are great communicators. Right. We can teach them the elements of an offense. We can teach them how to, you know, handle themselves in defensive tactics, how to shoot a target. You know, we can teach them all the, the technical skills, but we want humans, you know, who bring, you know, personality to the job. And right. so that's what I'm hearing you say. And I'm fascinated by this. Like, so when you say like, so do you just take them out for a meal? It, you know, do you go out to dinner? Do you break bread? Or does this happen in a conference room? What's the setting? Yeah, it, it's just a small, like, you know, my office is 5,000 square feet. It's a former home in Tempe that they turn into an office. You know, it's right down the street from where I live. It's a very calm setting. Um, conference room. Uh, yeah, we just bring them in and we just talk to them. We tell them a little bit about EnviroShare and our history and about ourselves. Um, but you know, like you can't teach someone how to smile, right? Or if they don't have a sense of humor, it's pretty clear, you know? Um, so yeah, we're just, um, I'm more than a little bit outgoing. So they get a big taste of me and, um, Allison, uh, the, the, you know, the woman who runs my biggest apartment, you know, she's a former division one captain of her rugby team. Like this chick Ooh. just kicks ass, you know, um, and she shot out of a cannon with positivity and joy. So oh. if you can't keep up with us, we can see it like, you know, um, and I found her and I found the office manager. So we just have this wonderful little thing that we're doing and. You know, people who don't like a bunch of people smiling, you could just see it across the table, you know. All right, Ted. Uh, Ted. Ted's going to weigh in. He's going to talk about your emphasis pounding the table. Oh, I'm going to say, hey, Bob, here's the deal. Bob, so, stop pounding listener, the table. Stop. Do the siren, Ted. It's so sexy, and you still don't do the siren. It's, it's <laughs> your power. All right. We have an offense, Bob. <laughs> Is slamming the table too much, Bob? Stop slamming the table. You get one warning. Okay. Which is kind of <laughs> it, that's kind of a dichotomy because he's just talking about shooting happiness out of a cannon, and he's getting very right. aggressive while he's telling the story. So, it's <laughs> Bob, here's the deal, Bob. Our listeners already know you are just an outgoing extrovert, just a joyous guy. They can. Oh, it's oozing. It's oozing. Here's the thing, though. Folks get uh, to that conference room by having the cred, having the experience or the education, right? And then you go through this layer of, you know, exploration for your joy meter, the Bob Peshek joy meter or whatever you're going to call it. And then you said something fascinating. You said you hope you get them for two years and you're going to cultivate them, develop them into this extraordinary consultant. There's a couple things we want to know about because most people say, look, if I'm going to put the time into you, I want you to stay forever. Talk to us about this, Bob. Why, why is that your perspective? It's a, it's a difficult response. So there's three departments in my company. Um, the one I'm talking about is the department where I could train these people for two years. Um, and then they leave me to make a lot more money. And I'm very happy that they're able to do that. Um, I run the, the, the business and the engineering department. Um, there's sort of no ceiling there. As long as you continue to do well and become more efficient and more capable, um, there's really no end to the kind of money you can make. Um, 
in in Allison's department, the HMIS department, there's some entry level positions. You know, there there just are, and because I'm so small, there's not a lot of room for advancement. Um, so, like, we understand that not only like, like we hire these people because we like them, and I tell them I'm going to give you a two, I'm going to pay you to get your you know master's degree in environmental consulting. And, and then you're going to go out and you're going to leave me for more money, which is just so sad. Um, but that's just the way it is. So you just have to accept that, right? Like, um, I, I'm very happy for them. I have a bunch of former employees that are, you, you know, doing much better than any of their um, similarly aged people, the friends they went to college with. They're doing great. I train them. Um We'll be friends forever in, in, in my little community in Phoenix, Arizona. I'll see them again. You know, I got 20 years left. They'll circle back around um, and they'll be very happy when I come back into their life and they'll take care of me, you know, when I'm 65. Uh, but yeah, it's just the way it is. And in that particular department, we have to have entry level people, but I want sure. them to grow, you know. Sure. Look at wow. Kristen. So to, I am my, uh, seriously, I, are you taking applications? You, I'm unemployed <laughs> right now. So, um, I think and you're I, overqualified. I, <laughs> I don't think joy? so. I want, too much I want you, I want to shoot joy out of a cannon. It's literally what I want to do. Okay. So you, you, you bring these people in and you hire them because they're happy people that you like to be around. And then you train them and you strengthen their skills and then you let them go. You just Ugh. let them flutter away. I mean, this is well truly the epitome of of leadership um so we we're filling up the bunny fast here because this is the uh, i mean truly a leader honestly wants to see their protégés to see their employees their whatever you want to call them to exceed them to leave and to do better to out out rank them. I mean, that's what we want, you know, for people that we coach, that we mentor. So that is to me, the, you talk about filling the hollow bunny. That's a great example right there. Wow. Well, thank that's you. I guess I've never really looked at it that way. It's just, um, it just seems, you know, the golden rule, right? Um, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, I had had a rough go at it previously. You Not every boss is great. I told Sylvia the story. There was several years where you're driving to work in the truck and there's a pit in your stomach and you know that feels like shit so i don't want to be any part of that for any human being you just don't so let, let me ask you where does this come from so this this yeah. joy you know and you're gravitating towards happiness i mean i know that you you mentioned a little bit about your childhood but you know you where where do you think that that you get this from what is the thing that fills your bunny you know, I don't really know. I'm one of those people. I'm, I just kind of wake up happy every day. And I think because I wake up happy every day, it tends to lead me to do kind things to strangers. I have amazing children. And then I surround myself with people I like at work. So like my personal bucket just gets filled, you know, slowly every day. And then you'll wake up and you fill it again. So um, I, I think a lot of it is just great fortune that, I'm able to wake up and look forward to the day. I don't know that everybody can do that necessarily, um, but I can. And then there's a reward for kindness and there's a reward for, you know, a silly joke and making someone smile. So, you know, you just get rewarded again and again over the course of the day. I suppose. Yeah. You know, what's so crazy about it, Bob, is some people would say, okay, you're in business. 
And so you're hiring people to be happy. Like, how is that a business or leadership imperative? Well, you know, it makes me happy, Sylvia, right? So um, yeah. what I tell the people I hire and, and the staff meetings and I tell the clients too, I, I kind of have the mindset that, although of course it's not true, like I'm fantastic, but I tell them anyone <laughs> could do what I do. I just tend to do it with like a smile, you know? Um, Gusto, some grit, some, yeah. Yeah, so so my workday makes me happy. A client calls. So I'm a, essentially a problem solver. They're not calling me to check on you know how I'm doing. They're calling me because there's some problem, um, and we're just able to solve these problems for them over and over and over, days, weeks, and months. Um, but when you pick up the phone and you're in a good mood, like I think they like it. I think that wow. well, I could show you the revenue. Like there's a positive impact on the revenue since I started to you know the end of q2 we just had our best quarter ever um ending in june and i don't think those things are unrelated at all i think they're completely you know bob i think you're on to something there's there's a lot of new research out there that says when people love the place that they work they have a why on why they're doing it's meaningful work environment saving the world pretty meaningful and they're doing it in a yeah. way that they love their team. They love the place that not only is it profitable, but in like the government space, you can actually connect with people differently. So are you saying that actually loving people is a kind of a currency that could make business profitable and could fund a really compelling future? I mean, I can't say that across the spectrum, you know, I'm sure there, of course, there's different challenges. There's, there's a uh, global consultancies like Stantec and, and other ones. And, and there's, you know, huge national companies. Um, it's very difficult to manage personalities. They could hardly figure it out in the boardroom. I'm sure. Um, I'm just in my little happy space, right? So we do our thing. We're growing. It's fantastic. Um, you know, maybe, uh, once the kids are out of the house, I might try to open a second office east of the Mississippi, you know, but like right now I'm just really happy. Um, the clients seem to like us. I think, you know, we're 16, 20 people in Tempe, Arizona. I work for $5 billion corporations, three half a million dollar corporations. Um, they fly us everywhere. Um, they just like us to go there, right? They like the product, yeah. they like the people, they like the consistency. Um, yeah, so... And with all of that to feel good in your presence and to be uh, enthusiastic and inspired or energized in your presence is an added bonus, right? An added bonus. I mean, th there was a time where we'd have to walk down the hall and tell them to stop laughing so much because it was distracting my engineers. <laughs> you <Okay>. know, <laughs> so, you know, that was a problem for a week. We solved that. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> for a week. So I love this so much because when we don't often think of our work as fun and it can be yeah. right. You know, I mean, and, you know, it's like we, we and people sometimes the curmudgeons are what make our jobs miserable, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's it's I guess what I'm trying to say here is it's not so much the work. It's the what I call the energy vampires. And the people that bring oh. negative energy and the curmudgeons, the malcontents, you know, and so I think the lesson here is something that we can all take, no matter what uh, profession we're in, is that the work has to get done and we might as well have right. fun doing it. That's the takeaway. And and when you can set the culture, we talk a lot about culture on this podcast and, you know, that culture is 
you set the temperature in your organization and it transcends, you know, that's the tapestry running through your organization. And so thank you for doing that. And I'm sure your employees would do that as well, but I think we can all take a lesson from you. I have a question for the two of you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm dead serious about this. Do you guys choose? There's a reason I'm asking this. Do you choose to fly Southwest more than any (laughs) other airline? And you know why I'm asking, right? Because I've studied the, the, the founder of Southwest, Herb Kelleher, and he has that exact same philosophy. If you fly on a bunch of different airlines and you compare that to Southwest, how Southwest flight attendants get on the, uh, you know, on, on the speaker and they have fun, they sing songs. And it's because the CEO of Southwest, her, Herb Kelleher, God rest his soul, wanted to do the same thing that you're doing in your company. Are you guys aware of that? Did you consciously, because you met on Southwest makes me want to ask that question. No, nothing. Uh, Okay. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there, Kristen, but I think Herb Kelleher and Bob Pishek have a lot in common. I mean, to create an organizational culture and climate where you can just be and have a good time. I also want to say that so, Bob, you want to answer that? Because I have something to bring into this related to the L word. Ugh. Well, I mean, as far as just the airline choice, you know, um, it's me, it's Southwest or American. American is much better at the East Coast flight. So, you know, strictly yeah. speaking, uh, I didn't make a choice. It's just really convenient. So I travel so much. My trip to Dallas tomorrow, it's an American Airlines flight. I tried to connect a dot where there was none. How amazing that would have been if he would have been like, yeah, that's why I choose Southwest. But yeah, I made that up in my head. Yeah, but it not seems like my, it would have been I, a, I mean, a, a really great story. My bunny is melting right now. It's okay. Your bunny can be restored. <laughs> Here's what's cool. I mean, Southwest has a totally different vibe. A great airline. America it does, has. right? Okay. okay. So, so let me bring let me bring this to this. So there's this book that has been this foundational book for for my leadership journey that I got I studied as a police sergeant and it's Leadership on the Line by Marty Linsky and Ron Heifetz. And I took I took notes in this book. I've read it a hundred times. It's been one of these things. Something that I really pulled out of this related to how Bob approaches leadership, these two little bits. They wrote in the book, page 209 and page 211. So for those of you that are going to check me on this in my edition, um, one thing they wrote was love gives meaning to what you do. And they also said this, the compass heading that orients people most directly, even when you get blown off course, is loving and being loved. And it really supports this notion that you can't be a leader if you don't love the mission, if you don't love the people. I spoke in as a police chief and I said, look, we stand this line, not because we hate who is before us, like in a skirmish line on a right and crowd control situation. We stand here not because we hate who is in front of us, but because we love who is behind us. And in policing, who's behind us is the community that sleeps well at night knowing that men and women choose to stand between good and bad, uh, those that wish to do harm and those that are just in the community, right? And so I think there's a lot to be said for this love thing, Bob, and this Mm. happy thing. And I don't think, I mean, it's serendipitous how you and I met. 
but I think you're really onto something. It is definitely profitable. It is definitely advancing your company. And I would argue it's advancing the space in this environmental consultancy because your little love love bots are going out into the greater world to contribute differently. Does any of that resonate with you or, or am I completely whacked? No, I mean, it really does, Sylvia. Like I enjoy my work so much. Um, and, you know, when I took over the leadership role, it was, of course, in flux. That's why there's a change of leaders, right? So yeah. it was interesting in the beginning. Um, but once I was allowed to really put my personality into the approach that I take yeah. to running the office and managing the people and doing the hiring, um, it's been really great. We had the COVID. We, we maneuvered that just fine um, because we were all in it together, right? Um, so yeah, no, it, it, it's um, just really important to me that people enjoy coming to the office. Like I just like that when they show up, they're happy that they're there, you know? That's mm. rad, Bob. <laughs> I do. I love this. And I love what you said about leadership. Leadership is absolutely about love. If you are not in love with leading, if you're in love with your position more than, than your people, then you have no business being in leadership. And it seems to me, Bob, first of all, I want to thank you for not being a serial killer. Um, and, and, and you know what, and, and can I just say, this is, we're, we're recording this on a, on, you know, uh, over after the 4th of July weekends, you know, where, you know, we had mass shootings and, and, and let me tell you something, this is so refreshing because, you know, you can get into the mindset that you can't trust people, you know, and that people are dark and then two people meet on a plane and become friends. And, you know, and, and I just, I, I don't know, there's just something about that for some reason that's just so refreshing. And it, it honestly, it rekindles my faith in, in humankind. So I just think this is the coolest story. And I was, I was a skeptic at the beginning when she texted me and that's why I was checking on her every 14 minutes, but um, <laughs> you know what, this just, every yeah, this is, it was, it was 13, it was 13, but yeah, I care about my buddy, but I just, I just want to underscore that. But, you know, in, in this yeah. time and place, it's great to have human beings that, you know, can connect with one another on, on an airplane of all places. So kudos to you. Well, it, it was really beautiful. Uh, Sylvia, we've talked about it. It was just so beautiful. The meeting and the return flight and then the, the event that we went to together and then, uh, you know, uh, this weekend, just amazing. And Kristen, it's been really great to meet you. Um, I can't tell you how much I think of you guys and I'm so happy to know you and for your service. I'm grateful. There's so many people that are grateful. Um, so just know and believe that and really... Um, Kristen and Sylvia, thank you so much. Thanks, Bob. Oh, thank and thanks you. for thank protecting you, the planet. Yeah, the work you do is so important. Thank you. Yeah, we do our best. Yeah. We do what we can. So. Oh, let's just, I'm just start just shooting happiness out of cannons all over the place. Um, <laughs> well, not listen. too much because you'll affect my PM10 in Maricopa County. So like, calm okay, down. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'll go easy on it. Well, uh, everybody, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. So I really kind of like this concept of the, of, of the uh, mystery guest. That was really fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to our thousands and thousands of Millions. listeners, 
<laughs> millions of listeners. Uh, that is it for this episode of the Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast. If you like what we do, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, just keep scrolling. It's fine, whatever. Uh, and it makes a big difference in helping people find the show. And your hosts are myself, Kristen Zeman, and Sylvia Moyer. And the executive producer is the one and only Ted Madden. And now I leave you with the Hollow Bunny theme song written by my adorable and talented son, Jake Zeman and his friends. When you look inside, what do you find? Are you content to fall behind? When you lose your way and you've lost your why have courage and get ready to fight the hollow buddy. Fight the hollow buddy. And we all feel hollow sometimes. But the monsters are only in your mind. It's a tough pill to swallow, but if you're brave and kind, you'll be alright. If Yeah.